Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. Ed, you got a little too deep in your reading there, man. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. We uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, you, was that you picked up? Was that the uh, the NCO guide you got there? Well, it's yeah. a little more antique than yours, but yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I need to find me one. I want to find one of those old ones, man. I I uh, I like what some of the stuff says and how you can use it and stuff. But this new one, uh, I am going to read an excerpt out of it in a little bit. Uh, I I really like how they put this together, man. Um, so, Mr. Travelocity here, uh, all over the world you go. You got more Try countries it. under your under your belt than most people. Um, I, but I wanted to bring up, you just did a little celebrity party, um, <laughs> yesterday yeah. with some friends and you dressed up as I dressed up as the Canadian national treasure, Ryan Reynolds from the free guy movie. <laughs> did you see it yet? I did. It's very good. It's a very interesting premise. I've heard, I've heard the same thing over and over again by PSO. Yeah. Michelle and I are, we're interested in seeing it. Definitely. It, it's pretty uh, good. Yeah, it's um, at first I saw it. I was in I was like, I'm like, I think he's dressing as Peter Griffin. Um, and then I had to zoom in and I saw your name tag and I was like, oh, OK, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, when um, you watch the movie, you'll really get it then. <laughs> oh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so life, life's uh, throwing you a bunch of curves or are you just uh, kind of on the, the easy trail right now? Well, just busy. Uh, no, it's been pretty easy. Um, the only curve is uh, I keep coming home on a, on a Friday, and then Saturday we want to do stuff together, and then Sunday I should be cutting grass. But, you know, I've said before here in beautiful Germany, you cannot cut your grass on Sunday. So mm. my grass is like Jumanji right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brother, so you can you can almost see the size of my room in a sense in here. There's a couch back here and stuff. My lawn is maybe two two times the size of this room maybe if i'm lucky maybe then you have maybe grass? i'm i'm going to start magic academy i'm supposed to wow that's really <laughs> ethan get off that grass <laughs> no it's actually so he he if if he does it he gets five bucks to do it so you know we we, we uh they, they get certain things he only gets five bucks for cutting Dude, it's not that much grass it's first a thing, million degrees, Brian. Uh, first thing, it's my lawnmower. Okay. Um, yeah, second thing is five bucks. Come on, five bucks, man. It's not no, that you're, big. Like you're it's robbing that kid. Small. You know what? One of our listeners you know, is going to call the people on you. You're robbing that kid. <laughs> it's a thousand degrees, and you have your poor son out there. Well, just because he says when life gets hard, make it harder, does not mean for you to make it harder. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. So, first thing is, he never, he doesn't do it in the middle of the day. We usually do it early in the day or the late day. Okay. First thing. Second thing is, is I usually have to go behind him and fix all the, he's not, it's hilarious. He'll, I, I tell him, hey, man, you missed a mohawk there because he'll, he'll go down, yeah. come back, and he'll just totally miss a strip and go down there and just be a mohawk right down there. But, uh, no, it's, no, he's shoot. He makes plenty of money off of me. It, this guy, man, he 
He gets money for that. He gets money for things he does at school. But I will say, I had a proud dad moment yesterday, buddy. Uh, we're coming out of uh, the Dollar Tree because that's like a place to go, and they have a they have a Dollar Tree on post, by the way. It's pretty cool. Um, we're coming out of the Dollar Tree. We come out. We're walking away from the door. He notices two ladies walking up to the door. What does Ethan do? He runs back real quick and opens the door for them. And I was like, "Dang, man! Like, like that's awesome, you know? It's my boy. <laughs> it's a little it gentleman. Awesome. It's a little gentleman. Yeah, I was, I was pretty happy trying. with that, you know." Yeah, um, but it's funny. So if you think about it, <clears throat> a lot of stuff he does or he's been doing, it makes me think about what we're going to talk about today. Um, you know, we're going to get into, we're going to look to do about a three to four part series here. Those of you listening, uh, we want to really kind of like, uh, I know we've done some shows in the past about it, but now we have video and everything else. And uh, but we want to kind of like go in the, the area of coaching, mentoring, training, and then kind of bringing it together type thing, and. It's funny because what he's doing is very much that. It's like that uh, I coached him through things like that or mentoring him. And it's nice to see that kind of evolving mm-hmm. with the little dude. So uh, it's it's just really cool. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I, I think you're right. I think there's some episodes that we've done and we, we did well. Uh, I think we could revisit and do again. Oh, and yeah. Maybe not. Not with trying to make them better, but actually to give more information or, you know, I mean, and then both of us have had more experiences and, you know, you've, mm. you've worn the diamond twice now. And, you know, so when we first started out, you know, you hadn't been a first sergeant yet. Well, officially a first sergeant. You've been in the position, but, you know, so no, yeah, those experiences. Yeah. And I mean, when we started out, I was a staff or sergeant first class. So. I've been promoted and into different leadership positions. And so I think that I think that we helps. both were, we were both were service classes when we started this show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Not absolutely. very long, but yeah, I caught you once. I won't catch you again. Oh, <laughs> we're the same right we'll now, but here in a few months. <laughs> uh, now nah, it's going to take a lot longer for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think but you're yeah, right. So- like, it's hitting no. upon those those same topics, and then we we actually have seen we've experienced different things. Um, you know, you with what you do there, especially uh, in Germany, uh, me here, and then the different units we've been a part of. Like, it's almost like it would be fun to revisit some of these things because now it's like, okay, now I've experienced this. I really understand this. I I have I have experienced which the experiential learning model. That's what we could yeah. go off of um, to help us like really like tie it together better. So we may, you know, so one of those shows that we did and I'm, I'm listening to it now, man. Um, it's that Eric Baum, uh, book legend about Roy Benavidez. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I felt like, I felt like we did a good show. I really did. Yeah. But it's like, it's almost like, I wish people understood. Like I, I'm getting, I get goosebumps when I think <laughs> about it. Like we were, we were riding uh, back. We went to a national park yesterday, and we were riding back, and we we're listening to the, the kids are in the back seat, and they're playing the games and stuff, and we're listening to the book. Um, and there are moments in that book that I know I've read. I've already read it a couple times, and I still get goosebumps. And I'm just like, I wish people knew what such a national treasure that he was. I mean, it's insane. And actually, Ed... So before we get into this, like one of the cool things, and I'm I I'm excited to do this this paper. I have to do the uh, it's a, it's an overall paper. It's called a professional. It's a, called a PWP, professional writing paper. Anyways, 
and you get to select what topic you want. Um, and one of them is the Roy Benavidez resiliency paper. And I'm like, I'm doing that. Like that's, oh, wow. I have to do it. Like if I don't do that paper, then I'll feel like I'm not doing the justice. And what I want to do. So there may be people listening now, like Marta, who, uh, who's in the same, uh, department as me. What I want to do is I want to take the childhood of Roy Benavidez and show how that helped him become more resilient later down the road establishing the persona that he was and everything he was because that childhood was a tough childhood. And then when you equate that to the, you know, like the programs we have in the army, like we have, like when I say this, like it, literally at DOD schools or schools on post, they actually have MFLAX that go into these schools and help children understand resiliency. So I want to tie those. Yeah. I want to tie those together. Um, and I, once I'm done, I actually want to send it to you. By the way, Thomas uh, Bramer did ask me when he's talking about papers. We're talking about papers. He asked me for your paper again, man. So you oh. got to send it at some point. Yeah. You I don't have my whiteboard convenient to write a note, but I do need to send it. Yeah. Okay. So you you just send it to me. And I'll take care of it. I'll get it yeah. to Tom. Because he, he did ask me. I was like, that's crazy. Like, he actually really wants to read your paper. <laughs> so um, make a right, note so, on the post it here. Hey. hey. You get post-its. Um, also, Murta did make a comment on our Facebook page. He's still waiting on his uh, sign post-it from you. So, way to go, buddy. <laughs> way to be a disappointment. Oh, um, no. So much pressure. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, those of you listening today, we are getting into some really cool stuff oh, uh, today. <laughs> you're you're going to put it over the camera? Is that no. what you're looking to do? <laughs> um we're actually going to get into uh, a topic that we have discussed before. Uh, like I said earlier, it's going to be about coaching. But what we're going to look over is we're going to look at like basically 12 different rules to effectively uh, help coaching within an organization. And we're going to kind of hit upon each one of these 12 rules. We shouldn't spend too much time on them. What I did want to do is um, this is a manual that is actually people can get up if they want to. If they actually want to understand like a lot of the things that Ed and I talk about. Um, as what we call as non-commissioned officers or NCOs, this is, it's called the NCO guide. And what it does is it kind of gives us an outline of kind of like what our responsibilities are and how we can go yeah. about them and just the different things. Well, in the newer one, in chapter three, <clears throat> they actually get into coaching and mentoring. And then they have a whole nother chapter just dedicated to training. And what I want to do is I want to read off uh, this paragraph it had about coaching, what it says. And then I think it'll help us kind of uh, dive into these 12 rules. So here it says, uh, counseling relies primarily on teaching and guiding to bring out and enhance capabilities already present. Coaching is a developmental technique used for skill, task, and specific behaviors. The coach helps them understand their current level of performance and guides them to reach the next level of development. Coaches should possess considerable knowledge. I like that part. Considerable knowledge in the area in which they coach others. So, and that's a real short little paragraph. It talks, it's kind of giving you an insight of like, hey, we know, we know this individual is, is familiar with us and we just need to develop their techniques or develop something about them to help them along. We know we're an expert in that field, or maybe we've mastered that field to a certain level that we can help somebody else. Right. It's, and that's what, that's kind of where it goes is 
hey, this is what you need to be able to do to be able to help these individuals. And, and it's a quick, you know, quick read. Ed, you look like you're uh, intensely studying something. What is yeah, it, my friend? I, no, no. So I was just looking at the difference. So that that portion is not in this this antique that I have, but there is mentorship uh, and teaching in there, motivation. Yeah. So I was just looking and trying to see if I could find where you were, if it was in here, but it is is not. Maybe yeah, so. It's a else, good update. It's a good update. I want a hard copy though. I don't want. I have the PDF. I want the hard copy. Let me see what I can yeah, work. They're not hard to get, one. bro. I'm telling you, it's. I'm like you. Uh, when it comes to these things, I do like the hard copy. Sometimes I prefer, <laughs> like we talked about, electronic yeah. version because I can do a search real quick. So, but yeah. So we're gonna get into these uh, these twelve rules of effective ongoing. Empl- it says employee coaching, but you can use subordinate coaching, peer coaching, whatever it is. Um, you have anything you wanted to hit upon before we like dive into it, Ed? Uh, no, you know, Brian. So I, I looked it over and uh, I, you know, came up with some notes and I thought it was some good stuff. I also thought there's a lot of stuff that we could tie to stuff we've said on the show before, things that we've discussed in depth on the show before. So I think that that uh, that means that we're doing a good job, maybe uh, putting out information that it links all together like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. let's. Uh, I think we could get into it, Brian. Absolutely. Uh, so right now, basically the way you see it is these are these, these like 12 steps that kind of help you guide you. None of them are, it's not linear. It's more like a spider web of, of like what you can do. You're constantly changing things, right? Uh, the role of a coach is extremely valued in athletics. That's what he, that's how this starts off. And I can see that, right? Um, I mean, I'm a coach of, a of, a, a, a premier league football team, um, fantasy you? football. Yes. And if people can't see behind Ed, he has his five trophies, three being Lego version. Um, and I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to be, uh, Ed, I'm going to be in the championship game this year. Um, so it's going to happen. How'd your first week go? It's not done yet. Uh, we're still in it. <laughs> Even though you got, <laughs> even thanks, though he's got 70 points on Thanks me, for spotting um, me 70. <laughs> spot like okay so if there's anybody out there if there's anybody out there that wants to coach me through proper fantasy football uh, you're more than welcome to let me know uh but anyway um so it talks about you know coaching is important in athletics yeah but for some reason that uh, that uh barely extends into the workplace and i think what happens ed this is just me I think it doesn't extend to the workplace enough because we get so tunnel visioned. We get so focused on just our area or just getting the task done that we don't think about how are we helping others around us? Cause maybe some people get uh, professionally jealous or something. They don't want That's people weird. to know all their information. That's you know? what I um, think it is. <laughs> do you think so? I, I think there's a lot to that. I think it happens to us. I think it happens to us too. And even yeah. in our career, I've, I've seen it. I do. I think that you don't want to give out too much information because, I mean, knowledge is power, right? And so yeah. you don't want to develop that guy too much because maybe the weakness you help develop is his only weakness that makes him not stand out above you. And the next thing you know, like you've helped this mm-hmm. guy and now he's, you know, he's zooming past you and climbing the ladder. So I, I, I think that that's one of the challenges is that people don't, you know, they're, they're afraid to help somebody succeed and, and have more success than them. 
Yeah. And so, and this is where I think it's a little bit different though for us, Ed. In the services, we don't have to worry about somebody taking our job from us, right? Like in in the civilian world, from what I gather, because I've never been a civilian, so maybe somebody wants to reach out to us and uh, let us know how true it is. Somebody could prove that they're better than you, and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm sorry, we don't need you anymore. We're going to use this guy over here because he's 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 showing better performance than you. I, I can see yeah. that. We're in our world. Our world, it's like you're locked in. Like you're in that spot. It's you literally have to do something heinous to kind of. I mean, you. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but yeah, people I mean, can't take your job from you. They can't take the overall job. But they could take your position from you. It just depends. You know, because so of how, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were at the academy, I mean, it wouldn't have been, it would have been your failure still, though. So, because at the academy, it's not like the new hotshot facilitator is going to come in and they're going to say, okay, well, you're done because he's here. But yeah, if no. you do something stupid, then it could be you're going back to the unit because XYZ. Yeah. And we're going to replace you. So, but I do think that there's some opportunities that you could. I mean, my shop foreman when I was in a motor pool performed mm-hmm. poorly, and then they put me in charge of him. And I don't do maintenance, like, but they made me but, the shop foreman. But he's still in the army. He's just not the yes. shop foreman anymore. But he's giving away his like it was his to give poor away. Performance, his, yeah, poor performance, yes. yeah. So, and, yeah, and that's what I'm yeah. Yeah, and and it's not like if I'm not performing, at least if I'm performing, you know, it's different. And that's why I think it's different for us to be able to do the coaching, mentoring, and training of others versus maybe the way some people on the outside see it. However, I mean, there are organizations, they're going to that format of we need you to improve others so we can promote you type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So somebody can take your job. And that's, I think, who we're speaking to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're... But, but I mean, it could be in anything, Ed. Like, coaching could be in anything. So, um, but let's jump into the first one. You want to you want to hit off on the first one? Well, that's fantastic, Brian, because I have the most notes on the first one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to get to 12 one. and be like, I didn't do any notes. <laughs> <laughs> Give employees regular, frequent feedback. Employees crave constructive feedback from their managers but don't always get it. Your employees want to know how their performance is viewed, what they're doing well, and what they need to improve. And here is the warning, Brian. <clears throat> um, so here's the warning, right? So I did some research. I uh, said, so, well, what's the difference between feedback and criticism? Um, and Ooh. what I got is from a magazine, Forbes magazine uh, article called Five Essential Differences Between Criticism and Feedback. Uh, and it's by a guy named Jim uh, Ludima and Amber Johnson. And it says, criticism focuses almost entirely on the problem. It points out the problem often many times without providing or, su- or suggesting a practical, workable solution. Feedback focuses on recognizing the problem and then working with the recipient to come up with ways to resolve issues, correct problems, and move mm-hmm. forward. And then it offers five little quick points. Criticism is focused on what we don't want. Feedback is focused on what we want. Uh, criticism is focused on the past. Feedback is focused on the future. Criticism is focused on weakness. Feedback helps to build up strengths. 
Criticism deflates. Feedback mm-hmm. inspires. And criticism says you are the problem. And feedback says we can make this better. And so I thought those five points were really good enforcement to what we are going over yeah. today. Um, yeah. You know, about the, the to make sure, because we got to understand we're saying feedback. And I think number two is also about feedback. So you got to understand the line between criticism and feedback is super important, Brian. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, you know what? That's, I, that's a that's a really good way of pointing out like how you were saying, like, focus on the future, not focus on the past, all that stuff. And when when we get criticized, we often go into a defensive mode. Right? Absolutely. We're, and and when you notice feedback, it it's a different feeling, right? Uh, yeah, who's good? Who used to be great at giving us feedback? The bearded ninja. The bearded ninja. Right? That, like it turned more into like a brainstorming session of how we can become better instead of a, you know, I'm defending myself against what he's saying. I never had. We never had to do that. And that's that's exactly yeah. Uh, that man, that you hit the nail on the head. I don't know if I can uh, you know, <laughs> well, add to I, that, elaborate. I think with the beard and ninja too. You know, it's part of what he did for us when we were being when we were learning to be facilitators. He didn't say, "Hey, you're trash at this. You did terrible at this." He said, "Hey, you said this thing, right? But what's another way you think you could reach a soldier?" Mm. Yes. And you'd say, oh, this, this, this. He goes, and then what do you think the result would be for that? And he makes you start thinking steps ahead. And so then mm-hmm. he's building your confidence. I'm still in all the thunder for these 12 things, but he's building you up. <laughs> right. Yes. But he, is he really giving you the answers to the test? No. He's making you come up with the answers by asking you good questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to his knowledge of like the, um, uh, what's the blooms? Uh, taxonomy. I think taxonomy. that's why he loved that. He loved that thing because I think he was very good at asking questions to drive you to where he. Yeah. He was staring the boat, but you were moving the boat. Like he was trying to, you were figuring out where to go, but you were the engine behind it. He knew where he wanted you to be. You know. Yeah. So I think that that's how important. often you can think back to those situations that we reached the highest level of Bloom's taxonomy of of create. Yeah, because we didn't realize like we're being guided through, and that's the whole point. You know, like if listeners really want to um, look up Bloom's taxonomy and then look at what it means uh, to hit those levels mm-hmm. uh, within it, and it's it's phenomenal. You don't even realize you're doing stuff like that. But the feedback, what you just said there, he was guiding questions, yep. and those questions were talking about the future. Because when you say things like, how could you say that in the you know future like this or that? And it's not about, well, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. Because yeah. you know, instantly, I, I think of somebody else that you worked with that you often got annoyed <laughs> with. That that's what I often felt like was the guy, like when, well, not for me, because he wouldn't talk to me like that. But um, <clears throat> uh, then, yeah. I'd be like, listen, you can catch these hands for free if you don't watch that much. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm gonna move on to number two then because I think right. we hit that just right. Yeah, and uh, I think it feeds to number two. Oh, big time! Uh, create a culture of team feedback. Contrary to popular belief, feedback shouldn't just come from the manager. Mm-hmm. Employees should be encouraged to provide feedback to each other and to you, their manager. Strive to build a culture where 360 feedback is the norm. And I'm going to hit upon that in just a second. 
All right. Uh, this creates an ongoing dialogue that gives employees at all levels of the organization an opportunity to be heard. So when I hear that, when I think about this, Ed, what I think about is, is experiences and people's experiences in life and how they can do things. Um, I want to say, who was it? No, I'm, I'm not going to bring that one up. Um, but 360 <laughs> feedback. We talk about 360 feedback. We do those things. Actually, I just got an uh, I just got an email to do one for somebody I hadn't seen in a while. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do this. I hadn't done it yet. I'm going to. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But, but if people within an organization feel as if it's okay to give feedback, to help somebody improve, I'm telling you, like that's a, that's a different that's a different mindset of an organization. That's no longer a me organization. That's an us organization. And that's the type of place you want to be at. You want to be a part of an us organization. A group of people that hey man, I noticed this was going on. Maybe in the future if you did this, do you what do you think would happen? You know, those yeah. types of statements, those are what are gonna, that's going to help um, build a team. And when people feel f- like they can freely say things like that, there's a lot of trust and building trust is, I mean, we, that's a huge thing in just in the army in general. I mean, I could go, I could go into uh, what we call mission command and we could go into uh, the different parts of mission command. Mm-hmm. And one of those key factors in there is building trust. Like how do you build trust? Well, it takes time. Yeah. You, you, I can tell you right now, creating that culture of feedback, that's going to build trust. Your thoughts, yeah. man. Yeah. So first of all, building trust is, is important. And, and I think, so for me, I got very lucky. So my current uh, OIC, she was the, she was planning the last big exercise. And so I work alongside that planner. And then we knew my captain was leaving. So we talked about having her come up and work with us because through the course of planning that exercise, that trust was built between her and I. I knew who she was. I knew how she could execute. So then when she comes up and she takes the seat beside me as the OIC, I think it really strengthened our team because we were from, we had worked together for over a year already. So Mm -hmm. I think it strengthened that, that bond. And then now uh, this next major exercise that I'm, I'm working on where the units come over and they train the guy that's the, my sidekick, my lead planner he got here and he went on one of the trips with me uh, when I still had her as the planner. So he was kind of, we call it right seat, right? She was training him. I was training him. And now he's the lead guy. So I have a trust in what he says and and it makes your mm-hmm. team more valuable. And, and I've been blessed to have the same team for these last two big exercises here in Europe really adds to the value of that, that trust. And they'll tell me, you know, I asked them, Hey, how'd you think the meeting went? And, and they'll say, well, I think you weren't involved enough or, um, you know, maybe you could have interjected here and here or, you know, maybe this other captain, you know, because we usually go to dinner all together. Mm-hmm. Maybe this other captain wasn't involved enough and they'll say it in front of the team. And that's that yeah. culture of feedback that, you know, my that team has planning these major events. There's about five or six of us that work together over a period of a year planning this thing. And without that feedback and that team cohesion, that team culture, or as you said, that mindset, I don't think that it would be as successful. So I think it's it's super important, Brian. I'm sorry, I went on a oh yeah. No, 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 no. This is yeah. you know, it's funny. Um 
I guess you could say as I've aged or over the years, and and you know what I'm talking about because you've, you've aged, aged much well. more. Um, See, I complimented you. You <laughs> insulted me. This this uh, team's culture right now. <laughs> this, this is a horrible culture. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so over the years, though, Ed, I've I don't know. It's like it's like I enjoy feedback now. Like I not not just enjoy it, but like I feel comfortable with it. Like before, I, I maybe it was just my ego was getting in the way. And I think mm-hmm. that pays a big, that plays a huge role in it. Learning how to accept feedback oh, yeah. is ego. Ego will destroy your ability to accept feedback. Um, actually, Bitter Ninja turned me on to a book called "Ego Is the Enemy." It's a real good one. So if anybody wants to check that one out, um, what I was getting at is okay. So right now we are in, we are engulfed in uh, COA development or course of action development yep. for the military decision making process in my classroom. And we're built up into different teams and stuff like that. And one guy named Ken, uh, that's actually his name. Uh, he, he says, Hey, I have a recommendation. If we do this, what do you, do you think this would work? And I was like, man, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And he has experience doing this already. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why not take his experience and use it instead of that mindset of no, my way is the highway. I only have the right answers. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. I'm starting to feel like, like feedback. I enjoy it more and I respect it more than when I was younger and my ego was in the way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to tell you, I still have, so you evaluate people. We evaluate people constantly. It's what we do. It's human nature, right? We're always evaluating people we work with ourselves. We should be evaluating ourselves, but some people maybe don't. If I'm working with someone and they provide a feedback, right. And it's not positive. I'm okay with that, but I do tend to take it a little bit differently when it's like, you don't know your job and then you're open to give feedback, but you don't want to take feedback. And that's where I have Mm -hmm. to remind myself to check your ego, listen to what they're saying, because they may be saying something valid and Mm -hmm. and then use the fix yourself. I can't fix that. They don't want to accept criticism or feedback or not criticism. Not criticism. I don't that they don't yes. want to accept feedback, but that's when I struggle. I really struggle with my ego when it's a uh, less than standard performer. I guess is a good way to put it. Uh, if they don't they don't meet the standard themselves, but then they're going to feed you know provide negative feedback to me. I'm just kind of like, but who are you to you know? So I have to remind yeah. myself it is a weakness I have. I I've, I know this, and, and that's part of me doing feedback on myself and. Uh, you know, watching myself. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's one of the struggles with the ego, Brian. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. You, you just, you, what you just talked about is knowing your limit. Yes. So let's move on to number three because we're going to talk about limits. <laughs> yes. I also have notes here, Brian. Um, <laughs> push it's, it's almost like you knew, it's almost <laughs> like you knew you were going to do the odd numbers. I was going to do the even numbers here. I don't know. It's, it's weird. weird, right? You always give me odd, and then you make these comments and you're mean to me. And anyway, always, 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 not a thing. Push employees <laughs> to their attainable limits. While you don't want to overwhelm employees, motivating your team to get out of their comfort zone can help them grow and perform at the highest potential. Uh, employees who demonstrate at their highest potential, employees who demonstrate a lack of interest in their work are much more likely to become disengaged. In many cases, they need to be challenged and provide regular feedback, recognition to grow and improve. 
Identify mm-hmm. the employee's experience and skill set and have them take on new tasks or assignments uh, that help them expand. Be available and willing to help when questions arise. So this is this is good. So one of the things I was thinking about when I when I read this, Brian, is you can't be afraid to take somebody out of their comfort zone for the sake of I know. So if I know Schmugatelli is really good at this thing, don't be afraid to give Sharice that task. And let her do it and let her increase mm-hmm. her knowledge. I know Schmuggatelli is going to give me a, a A plus performance. Sharice might give me a B. But if I don't and I rely on Schmuggatelli, I'm going to burn him out, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to burn him out. And I'm not developing Sharice. So the gap is just going to widen in their knowledge in that particular area. So I'm hurting in the long run. I'm hurting my own organization. I'm hurting the development of Sharice and I'm hurting Schmuggatelli. So everybody is losing in this scenario. So you have to be willing to push that other person out, you know, get them out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how you develop your future leaders, uh, you know, to help you because that being disengaged, once they're disengaged or disengaged, it's hard to reel them back in. You know, that's when you end up with people who are unhappy working in an organization or being an organization. And then now you got people who are looking for ways to get out of the organization, you know, and move on because they're not engaged. It's boring and they want more. So challenge them. Challenge your people. Challenge them. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. No. And that's that. uh, So John Bonilla, buddy of mine, uh, he says being comfortable in the uncomfortable. uh, It's the best way to kind of grow. Uh, you, which you were talking about there too, that whole, with the disengage of people who don't get to do Mm. stuff. That's one of those things. And I'm going to speak from the uh, aviation maintainer side of things. Sometimes you'll have guys that are really good at troubleshooting things and troubleshooting problems on an aircraft, for instance, Mm -hmm. those are the guys, what you just said, get burnt out because that's all they do. They're always the one who's solving the problems. And then you'll have the smuckatellis over there or, or. Sharice is over there that are not getting experience not on how to do up. that. So you're you're instead of instead of creating that even playing field, you're getting people up here for one thing, and then the rest of them are all down here. And it's one, mm-hmm. it's not fair, right? But two, what happens when this guy gets out of the army? He says, No, now this is your level. You can't oh, have yeah. that. What but if he takes leave? It, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's what I noticed, like the diversification, uh, like using other individuals and diversifying that whole, that, that, that field of play. Like when we create a, when, when, and, and I know it's, it's, it's totally, uh, you create a fantasy football team, right? You know, no, I'm dead serious. You know, somebody's going to have a bye week how do you fill that person's position, right? Like, I mean, you, when you think about it, you look at the stats, you look at how, what they're yeah. capable of, what they probably, they're projected to be able to do. So you're trying to fill that position. It's this, now, obviously, we're not developing those teams ourselves. We just get players. But I'm, I'm thinking about it in that manner, like in your organization, what happens, like what you said, when that guy goes on leave or that guy, that guy or girl, uh, they leave the organization. How are you filling that spot? Mm-hmm. And it comes with training everyone to kind of get. Now, you're not always going to have everyone even keel. There's going to always be some type of you know offset. Um, but it's the idea of you're attempting to do so. And if you attempt to do so, you're going to get that within the organization. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that this is a really good point. I think this is just in general leadership. This is just to me, a very good, valuable point that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to continue to push people and challenge them, but, you mm-hmm. know, and and that the wearing out the the one guy and I was very guilty of this early on. Like you you do get where you your other soldiers are disengaged, but you got your go to soldiers that you're you're working and they're doing and performing, and then now they're burnt mm-hmm. out. But you get these other soldiers, and then, you know they're seeing the soldier in a smoke break area for thirty minutes while they're working. They see that stuff. Yep. So yeah, yes, damaging to the culture of your organization to. Yep. To ride the the one that you know can get it done, rather than challenge the one who can get it done, but they just don't know they can yet. Yep, that's a key. Indi- it's a key indicator of good force management and talent management yeah. within an organization. Um, so let's move on. Let's move on to number four, yeah. which is be open to employee ideas. Ooh, that one will get you. That'll that'll hook you up real well. All right, <clears throat> employees. Employee listening is an essential part of coaching. It opens you to different concepts you hadn't previously thought of, and it makes employees feel heard. When they feel their opinion is respected and valued, they're far more likely to engage and push harder. Mm-hmm. Build, build in opportunities to capture employee voice through one-on-one feedback and employee surveys. Listening to different perspectives from a variety of venues can help you create a more complete picture of the employee experience. Mm. So we talk about we talk about experiential learning uh, often in here, right? So we we've brought it up multiple times throughout the years, and it's something that you and I grasped. And we, I, I guarantee you, probably use it where you're at, and I know I use it where I'm at, um, and throughout so far since we learned it back in 20 when, when did we start that i think 2018 is when we started that or 20 i think it was 28 well 2017 17 to into 18 yeah yeah but i think about that and i think i'm like why wouldn't you use the experiences and their understanding of others like why not you know I mean, yeah there's some people that say hey you know uh the wheels already been created no need to try to break it and recreate a new one no, nah, I get you, but sometimes maybe there are elements of the wheel that need to be updated. You know, uh, it's, oh, let's, yeah. take cycling, <laughs> let's take cycling for instance. Uh, Ed, bicycles have been around for many, many years, and you and I, we we both ride, so we may understand. Would you yeah. rather ride one of those big, giant, wheeled ones with a little wheel on the back, the old school one, or <laughs> or your fancy uh, your fancy road bike? Which would you rather ride? Ooh, I mean, it's a tough call, Brian, because I think the the old school one would be fun, but no, you definitely would prefer your modern road bike just for the, yeah. the seat and what the seat's going to feel like. But yeah, it's a little yeah. different. I do want to ride one of those at. other ones. <laughs> I, I know it'd be cool. Um, but now now I'm going to put you in a different situation. I just asked which one you ride. Which one would you run a ride in a road race that you feel like you have to win? Oh, absolutely. My, my road bike. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Bikes have been around in a while, but they've been updated and they've been built to become better and better and better. Whether it be the spokes and how they're they're they are built within the wheel, whether it be the frame, the seat, the handlebars, the changing of mm-hmm. gears, the gears themselves, um, the braking system, whether it be disc or just the the friction pads. But that's what I'm getting at. It's like they got to that certain point 
with those with those particular tools of uh, you know to to improve upon so why would somebody sit there and and not listen to possible better ideas better concepts than what they're already doing from a junior within an organization i'm gonna tell you right now ed if i have a subordinate that comes up to me and say hey i have an idea i'm gonna listen to them i'm gonna think about it i want to mm-hmm. think it through i'm gonna war game that through well, maybe that would work, you know? And then I'm going to also think about the roadblocks I may have. Then I'll ask them, if we had this roadblock and this roadblock, how would you think we would go about it? So I'm going to help them. So what did I just do there? One, I accepted their ideas. Two, we did some brainstorming to figure out what's going on. And three, mm-hmm. I now I'm coaching them through my questioning of how they would think about getting through those roadblocks. So we have multiple formats there. Uh, your thoughts on that that whole uh, part of it? <laughs> no, I think you, I think you hit on something that's key, and, and this is one of the notes that I made is, you know, you it's been a long time since I worked in a um, warehouse, so supply support activity. I haven't worked in a warehouse in many many years, so I'm very detached from the operations in a warehouse. So the the junior soldier or the you know they're there they're there day to day. Maybe I make a decision that that is going to not help the organization, but if they're willing to share their ideas, they can say, "Well, you, you got to think of it like this." And at the same time, we're doing something that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Learning from uh, we're encouraging employees to learn from others, but we're also learning from our employees. Because we've been away a while, you know, like for you, it's been years since you probably turned a wrench regularly, right? So maybe you're not as in tune with that operation as you were when you were a young staff sergeant, sergeant, and Mm -hmm. listening to employees would kind of give you, excuse me, that other perspective. And and I think that's Mm -hmm. really what's key here, Brian. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, I like what you brought up there. You said that uh, you said you know how long it's been since uh, you worked on aircraft. It's been nine years, nine yeah. years, right? Way detached. So I am completely de- just like you. I'm completely detached. I don't know. One, the aircraft has changed. It's gone through a whole new model that I'm familiar mm-hmm. with. Two, bro, in my last organization that I just left, I'm out on the hangar floor and I'm watching these kids do the paperwork. It is completely <laughs> different than what I used to do. Yeah. Right. I started, I started, brother, where I had I had like a card that went in a green book and you had to pencil in oh, I remember stuff. Those. I mean, yeah. Oh, you're old. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but but that's what I'm saying. Like just that portion of it. And then, you know, obviously we moved on to computerized logbooks, things like that. But the system that they're using is completely different. I got a good mm-hmm. example for you. GSS Army, that type of thing, right? Yeah. Understanding the supply system, the way the supply system is now compared to when you first come in, um, it's a, a completely different. I mean, you're talking millennials ahead of what we had in the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah. Software changes. We've had hardware changes in the system that I knew when I came in. Like, yeah. Satellites. (laughs) But, but this is the point though. It's the idea to me is how you relate 
how can I relate what I know and what I was used to to what is now? And that's just the, the understanding, you know, open to uh, employee ideas, man, and how they can help. Absolutely. All right. So what do we got next? So the next thing kind of plays a little bit into that. We're going to talk about encouraging employees to learn from others. No two mm-hmm. employees are exactly alike. They come from different no. backgrounds and have varying personality strengths and weaknesses. Simply connecting employees with their peers opens up new possibilities and creates a more connected workplace. Encourage employees to interact frequently so they teach each other new skills or approaches. Welcoming different perspectives and asking for all employees to contribute will help you foster a more diverse and inclusive culture at work mm. and I, I raised my tone just a touch there because I, I highlighted that as i mean i think it's really important but encouraging your you know your employees got to be willing to be lifelong learners too they can't be like well I, that's enough mm. you know and, and if anything i want my employees to be hungry to learn my job i want them to and that's what we do mm-hmm. very good in the military we we make them want to learn what we do and then we empower them to learn those things um and then that in turn builds on the culture and now that's coaching and you're engaging them and you're keeping them, you know, interested and in, in wanting to learn more. Uh, and then to learn from their peers, this is one, I think again, Brian, ego, ego, uh, mm. you have to be willing to learn from your peer and you should want your employees to do the same. And sometimes that does involve, you know, checking your ego, putting it away and going, okay, mm-hmm. I do not know how to do this. He does. I'm going to learn from my peer, my battle buddy, uh, how to execute this task. And, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, no. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so this week I was I was on the road and soldier calls me and they're like, well, I'm trying to do my travel. How do you do blah, 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 blah. And so I walked her through it and got her to do it. And then another person calls me. And honestly, I was, I was on the road getting ready to go into a meeting. I really didn't have time at that moment. So what I did is I told him, I said, hey, I just worked through this with Sergeant such and such. Give her a call and she'll walk you through. So now he's got to learn from one of his peers. Nothing wrong with that. And then all mm-hmm. I did as the as the senior is follow back up after I came out my meeting. I called back and said, hey, did you get it all figured out? Roger, son, we're good. I'm good to go. Okay. So that's engaging. That's building them that's coaching and that's letting him know it's okay to ask for help from your peer so you know yeah. and then it also takes stuff off your plate as a senior if they're learning from each other then they're not asking you these 10 level or or you know their level of question they're not asking you when you're at this level of leadership right now you know so it helps mm-hmm. to take some stuff off your plate a little bit too brian you know so when you're a first yeah. sergeant you're, you were the first one. You don't necessarily, I mean, you're going to do it. You're going to answer the question. But soldiers asking you a question about how to perform physical readiness training, they could be asking that at a lower level than the first sergeant. We know you hmm. know the answer. But what about that sergeant first class? He knows the answer, too. What about that staff sergeant? He knows the answer, too. And you're trying to encourage them to start. I mean, their peer who went to the basic leader course already knows the answer as well. And that's what you want. To yes. take some of those those little ankle biter questions off your plate at a senior level, so that you can do your thing as well. Absolutely, and I I, I really can't uh, like broaden that any further than what you said. <laughs> but I think the two things that stuck out to me of what you said, Ed, I literally had those in my mind as you were reading. It was the ego thing, 
because that's huge, you know, learning to kind of let that go and just, you know, part of it. And then using, you said you were talking about, you taught somebody how to do this. And then when somebody else called you to ask the same question, you literally just solidified the training that you did with that person. So you did training with this, this one individual, then this other individual came along What that person you trained in, you basically help solidify their ability to train others on something mm-hmm. that you train them on, which in turn gives them that experience and that knowledge and understanding that just backs things up of yeah. what you already did. So it's like, like, yeah, man, yeah, that's, that's all day long. Mm-hmm. That's that stuff. If, if organizations can do things like that, where it's like, I trained you now I need you to train them, train yeah. the trainer. That's what it's train called. The it's called tra- train the trainer, you know? Um, so let's move on then. Uh, listen, I like this one. I think I think this one. More people need to stop with the ego and do <laughs> this because that's this one right here. This is ego. This is all day long. Ask employees for opinions. Employees aren't the only ones who can learn <clears throat> from each other. You can too. Keep an open mind during conversations and frequently source new ideas or tactics from them. Collecting regular feedback from your employees shows you're willing to listen and always looking to improve. Simply asking for feedback creates an open dialogue and gives employees a voice. This can make the workplace feel more like a democracy instead of a dictatorship. Mm. Make sure you take notes and follow up once you've heard from your team. Let me let me tell you something, man. Like that's that is definitely one of those things that I I I learned to utilize really quick with my platoon sergeant when I was the first sergeant is to ask their opinion. Hey guys, this is what I'm thinking. How do you think that will go over within the organization? You're going to have the ones that it's going to happen, right? I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the feedback that's kind of almost like rejecting what's being said. So I can continue to learn from that and say, why, why do you think that's rejected? How can you help me uh, make it an accepted idea or to, to get the team aboard on what we're trying to do here? Because those are the ones, those are the ones who are going to create a better team for you. The ones who are, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the yes men type attitude. <laughs> yeah. Those ones are going to hurt you more than anything because they're saying yes. And at the same time, they may also be the same person that's going back and telling individuals, hey, first one, we got to do this now. They're yeah. not, they're not a part of the ownership, right? They're not yeah. part of, you know, part of it. getting those opinions to me, Ed, that builds upon the organization in a manner that, uh, that basically allows you to think outside outside of where you're at that's where yeah. you get yeah so, uh what are you thinking yeah no so excellent points brian all the way across i i think that uh, the only real thing i wanted to add to it is there are two there to me there's two different types of people too so you 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 know you say hey i asked my platoon son it's like what are you guys thinking you're gonna have the guy that's gonna say that's not gonna work and a mm-hmm. conversation ends not that's not gonna work here's why but here's how i think it could work that's what we want what we're going to get is that's not going to work. And then you're going to get your, your yes, man, go along to get along. And he may actually yes. have a great idea and be like, that would be so much easier if we did it this way, but you're the guy in charge. So I'm just going to go along to get along. And both of those are mm-hmm. bad for the culture within our organization. Absolutely. Um, and you need to identify them and then find a way to teach coach mentor and engage them 
to get them, mm-hmm. you know, kind of change up their thought process a little bit. Uh, let them see that I think they're part of the organization and and their their opinion matters. It's not just go along to get along. You know what I mean? And and I know mm-hmm. you are famous for don't come to me with a problem without a solution. That you are famous for that. So come with yeah, so. and and my solution could be far fetched, but that's where the conversation and the feedback comes in. So yeah. that's all I want. Niggas, we can, we can work through those problems. That's yeah. the thing. So absolutely, man. All right. Yeah. So what do we got next? We're gonna do what? I like this one. This is a this is build confidence, and and I'm gonna just give you the cliff notes version here, Brian. Really, what it's saying is you're gonna you build confidence, right? Confident employees are more likely to achieve their goals than those mm-hmm. who feel unsupported, misguided, and all this talks about is recognize a good job publicly if possible, and what you're doing is when you and, and don't be it can't be, hey Brian, good job. With mm-hmm. what? Let them know what they did. Let them know why it was a good job. I mean, if you can, let them know big picture, like what the re- end result was. You know, um, you know, I worked with this uh, Operation Allied Refuge, and at the end of one of our long, our twelve-hour shifts, you know, we had built X amount of tents, and we had the team in a group, and there was somebody else who was in charge at the time. But right before we released them, you know, he goes around, he's like, "Hey, you got anything, Master?" And I said, "Hey, I just want you to know that these people appreciate what you did." You all worked really hard today, and uh, you did a great job. And that just makes them feel better about themselves, right? It makes them feel confident. Mm-hmm. That gives them a sense of of belief in what they're out there supporting. And I think that's important for us to to do. But it can't be, like I say, it can't be half hearted. Hey, good job at what? What did I do a good job at? Doing my job? No. What did what mm-hmm. exactly? Lay, lay out the specifics. So um, that's how you build confidence, Brian. Absolutely, and and. <laughs> Just building confidence in others. If you're not trying to do that, you're literally deteriorating your organization from yep. the inside out. You you are because if they're not confident in what's going on, they're going to come. One, they're going to come to you all the time because they need reassurance that what they're doing is the right thing, and it's going to waste a ton of your time, other people's time. It just turns into like uh, it just turns into a, a snowball effect of. There's no confidence in the organization. Mm-hmm. We can't do our own thing. And then it turns into employee overturn. No joke. Even yep. in the army, people don't reenlist anymore because they feel like they can't do anything good. Um, yeah. You mentioned there about recognizing employees. So uh, I want to say it was last week or week before we were doing ACFT, Army Combat Fitness Test Familiarization. And it's really just where you walk through the different stations and they just want to make sure everyone understands what's required of it. You know, I've done multiple ones. I knew what was required. We get to the deadlift <clears throat> and uh, the deadlift event. I love it. I love the idea of it. However, I'm also worried about the safety factor in it. Like there are safety factors where somebody may think they can just go out there and bro lift it and just pick it up and they can get hurt really bad. Right. Um, you know, just as well, as I do, deadlift, <laughs> deadlift can be at a dangerous, mm-hmm. dangerous movement if you don't have technique or and the strength to go with a technique once you build the technique, but it all starts with technique. Um, so here we are, we're out there, uh, and the, the instructor is doing a great job at training it. He, he really did. He did a great job at everything. And then I just, I happen to bring up, Hey, I know a technique that will help you from like when you're holding it, keeping your hands from shifting back and forth. And it's just slightly offsetting your hands a little bit, right? Just a little bit. They don't have to be straight across from each other. They can, you know, one arm, I mean, literally an inch mm-hmm. difference, right? And it won't shift as much. So now, now that technique 
will keep it from rolling on you. And next thing you know, it falling down, falling, flipping forward and you get hurt. Um, it was cool. Right. So I move on to the next station, but I'm in earshot of that particular station. And when I'm in the next station and he literally turns around, he's briefing it. He briefs what I just told him. And then he turns around and he gives me credit for it. And he points me out and I'm like, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I mean, he could have just said he, he th- that next group didn't know he learned that from me, but he did it. He, you know, this particular instructor said, yes, master and such such over there. They just said mm-hmm. this. I think that's a great idea. Something, something I never knew before that now I'm going to use as my technique. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I heard him later on telling it to the, the, the vice director of our department. I'm like, man, that's like that. That felt good. Do I want that? I don't, I don't need that, you know, like that confidence builder. However, knowing that there are seniors out there that still want to build people up and yes. create that confidence, that feels good, Ed. So that's okay. all I have on that part. All right. What's next? Don't do employees work for them. <laughs> that just the title alone is enough. <laughs> Don't do their work for them because next thing you know, you're doing everyone's work and now yeah. it's a control f- problem. But let's see what it has to say about them. when you notice an assignment is proceeding slowly or heading in the wrong direction, you might be tempted to take it into your own hands and simply complete it yourself. This might be beneficial in the short term, but employees need to learn through trial and error. Instead of taking the task off their hands, teach them how to handle the situation by offering guidance. Ask leading questions, leading questions, so those questions mm-hmm. can lead them through, but they're not doing it for them. And help them navigate their way through the muck. Remember, a good coach gives their team a pathway to success. Brother, that right there, we could have just talked about that and only that for this entire show. Yeah. Not doing people's work for them, leading them through questions. Questions of, so if you go here, what do you think is going to happen next? And it allows them to be critical and creative thinking. Critical, creative thinking to work through problems and problem solving uh i to me i had that problem with that i used to have a problem with this me too <laughs> oh i don't like you to get out of my way yeah get out of my way let me do it right and when you do that get out of my way or how are they learning uh, they weren't learning yeah. they're watching me yeah exactly like so in today's society if i'm not physically engulfed in that and i'm pushed to the side the very next thing this is what happens That's it, right? They're now they're focused on this here, yeah. and not and and, I'm, and those of you listening, I'm talking about a phone. Their cell phones with them, so they'll whip out their cell phone, and now they're checking Facebook, Instagram, uh, the Snapchat, whatever. They're they're engaged somewhere else. They're not engaged in the task that I'm doing in front of them because I decided to do it for them. Yep. Now, so your thoughts, man? Yeah, no, this is something I sh- I struggled with this early too because it is. It can be easier. It can be easier to just, but I'll just do it myself. Um, mm. But that's not that's not the answer because you're you're not teaching them. They're not learning. They're not growing. They're not developing. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think for me too, the other thing that came to mind, I, I like the last sentence, Brian. A good coach gives their team a pathway to success. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, legendary Laker coach Pat Riley did play basketball, but not when he was a coach. But he had the game plan. He had that showtime, fast break style basketball plan. And then the talent of a Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and a James Worthy. I'm old people. These are guys from the 80s. But the talent of those guys with, mm-hmm. partnered with that, uh, with his philosophy on how to play offensive-minded basketball, and they win two championships, right? Chicago Bulls, the famous triangle offense. Same thing. Phil Jackson. He had the plan, and actually it wasn't him. It was Tex Schramm, I think the guy's name. So the coach has the plan. They have the talent. We come together, and we're successful. And I, and I think yes. that's what that says. I love that last sentence. I'm not using that dude up in New England's name, though. <laughs> Which one? Because there's multiple. They're the all that, awesome. The one so. that hasn't won since he lost Tom. Oh, stop. Bill Belichick is awesome. He he knows what he's doing. I, I'm watching. He cut camp. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I, I'm telling you. Uh, so, you know what? We're not going to get into that debate. Uh <laughs> You you right. you're you're a fan of a team that doesn't even have a name, so let's go. <laughs> Fair. What's the next one, brother? Um, tolerate and support failure, Brian. So, yeah, this this is a thing. This Ooh. is a tough one because we've we've talked about a few times on this show about you know you got to challenge that other person, even though Schmuggatelli is great. You got to challenge Sharice, but that plays here. You have to tolerate and support that failure. All right. So sometimes things aren't going to go according to plan. Mistakes will be made and deals will fall through. It's just part of work. But how you respond is what matters. Mm-hmm. Accepting failure and approve or in moving to the next task can create a lower standard for, for, for performance expectations. Um, but you don't want to crush employee spirits for their mistake. As your employees, to explain what went wrong and how they could perform better, encouraging them to consider uh, what opportunities exist and how they might improve in the future, remain positive and solution-oriented. So you basically are saying, hey, let's do an AR uh, after mm-hmm. action review. But for me, this is one of those things, where, you know, I, I used to stress this with my young um, new leaders, is you know, you're sitting around and there's a meeting and you've been sitting here for hours. It's now 1900. Your platoons are, you know, or I am in a meeting and we suddenly come back. Like, don't be afraid to say, you know what, guys, this is what we're going to do. Everybody make sure you answer your phone. You can go home. I'll call you if anything comes out of the meeting important. Right. Boom. Mm-hmm. So now soldiers go home. I'm taking a risk, but I'm willing to tolerate and accept and support that failure as the platoon sergeant because as long as I can get to him and say, hey, these are the things we need the soldiers to know and he can get the information to them, okay, that's a good thing. But you have to be willing to step out and take a little risk um, you know, and, and be willing to accept the consequences of that risk, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. But then for me as the senior, I need to understand, okay, that's good. He took some initiative. He got the soldiers out of here rather than sitting mm-hmm. on you know, crates in the motor pool waiting on me. He took some initiative, so I can understand that, and and you have to be willing to deal with those the fallout from that. No, you know, bearded ninja again, famous. Nobody's shooting at us. You releasing <laughs> the soldiers while I'm in a meeting is not going to destroy the organization. No. You know, yes. our adversaries are not winning the war because you did that. 
So let's relax as seniors and be like, okay, good for you for taking the initiative. Now let's figure out Schmuggatelli didn't answer his phone. How can we fix these things Mm -hmm. and then move forward? Yes. So, yeah, I I think so. Ed, I really believe this tolerate and support fair comes with experience, maturity, uh, and just, you know, age in general, like understanding, like actually thinking back to like, I think back at the mistakes I made. Yeah, as a junior, and how I was treated, and how I wish I was not treated like, and how I wish I was treated like. Those are the types of, and that's how what helps keep my mind frame in that idea of, all right. So tolerate that. Now, <clears throat> this is the way I see it: the first time you make a, an error or mistake, that's a training opportunity. Yeah. All right. The second time you you do that, to me, if it's the same one, that's a discipline a discipline problem. If it's yeah. the third time and if it's the same thing, I think it's a competence issue, right? So okay. I, and, and you can, you can work your way through all three. The competence one is the hardest one to fix. That is complete. Like that one. No, I have a hard time that mm. you can help a co- somebody with a competence problem, but when it comes to training and discipline, you can work that and to be able to tolerate, you know, and support failures. What you, you said it right off the bat is, Hey, we're doing an AAR. Now, we've talked about AARs in previous episodes. And AAR is about feedback. It is about coaching them through to a solution, not to, well, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. Fix it and then walk away. Yeah. Well, how do I know how to fix it? What am I supposed to be doing to fix this? I don't even know where to go with this. Um, I'm sitting in a classroom uh, about three three days ago. And I was supposed to be figuring something out out of this 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 uh, this scenario we were giving. And personally, I had no idea what I was doing. I was confused. <laughs> and I and I I this is one of those times where I don't like to speak up and say, "Hey, I don't know what I'm doing," but I had to. And I said it. I said it in front of everybody. I said, "Hey, listen, I need somebody's help here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what this means." And my instructor was like, "Hey, come here. I'm gonna help you." And he he pulled me aside and he's like, "Hey, this is what you're doing." This is what you're looking for. So if you're looking for this, where would you go to find this? Oh, I'd probably go here and do this. Exactly. He's like, and then you take this and you do this. And and, and so he led me through it. And I was like, mm-hmm. and that's why I said earlier to you, I was like, man, I am, I'm, I am very fortunate yeah. to have the two instructors I have. They're very, very good about teaching us and, and running us through that gamut instead of allowing their ego to get in the way. Yeah. Being dismissive. Cause that, that will get you too. When somebody's being dismissive, you know what? Just get out of here. I don't need you to do this. I'll get somebody else to do it. They can do it better. Man, you will destroy a team. Yeah. You're going to create. You're going to create animosity. You're going to create a lack of confidence, uh, and then the and then the trust factor is totally going to be thrown out the window from all that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, man. Hey, great point, brother. All right. All well. right. So, I think this next one kind of goes along with what we just previously did uh, with number three. I think it's almost it like it feels like they're repeating itself now, uh, but it says recognize employees often. I'll go through this. I don't think we're going to need to spend too much time on it because no. we kind of hit upon it, but mistakes happen and so do successes. Oftentimes, managers get caught up in, a, in being a constructive coach instead of a, cel- a celebratory one. Ooh, that's... When an employee succeeds or goes over the top, let them know that you noticed. Recognition can be as simple as a thank you note, a cup of their favorite coffee drink, or 
a shout out during the next team meeting. Little acknowledgements can go a long way towards securing buy-in and building a stronger team. That's self-sanitary. You, you, we've said this, recognize in public, punish in private. Yeah. But what I have learned, Ed, uh, I got this book. It's, uh, it's, I don't have it in here. I don't know what to do with it. It's the, uh, it's, it's very much like the love languages book I've talked about before the Gary yeah. Chapman book, but instead it's the five, five appreciations in the workplace. And it's knowing what they enjoy, you know, like, are they somebody who likes the gifts? They like the awards or somebody who likes the praise or just the the simple thank you because they don't want to be praised in public, you know, type of thing, you know? So just, just knowing, noticing those things to me is what helps the team in this coaching manner. Yeah. No, that's excellent point, Brian. The only thing I really have to add to that is uh, the one thing is, you know, you're there to share in their joy or success, not take credit for it. And sometimes as it, people who are in positions yes. of, of power or in charge, sometimes they can get the credit and they, they don't say, you know what? It wasn't me. That was Schmuggatelli's idea. He actually came up with that. Uh, that plan and then let him get the credit. You don't mm-hmm. need it. You're, you know, but so don't share. Schmuggatelli did a great thing. He's excellent. This is one of my best employees. He came up with that plan. Just, you know, yes. don't take credit for it. So that was the only thing I had to add Absolutely. to that one, Brian. I, it's fun. Uh, in front of bosses, that's probably like one of the best way to get buy-in from your team and building a team's trust is when yeah. you do that. Like just like, Hey, hey, sir. Yeah, I, I couldn't take credit for this. It's such and such over here. They're a genius. They're the one that came up with this. They guided me through this. They're the one who deserve all the praise. You want to see? You want to see a Joe fall in line behind you? That is the <laughs> fastest way. Like I'm telling you, I've bought, I bought cups of coffee before. It doesn't matter. You will buy their buy-in by giving them a credit in front of someone. All the leadership capital you want. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what's this next one, brother? Uh, so this one is make a goal roadmap. Brian, this is developmental counseling all over it. So basically what it's saying is you're going to sit down with your employee and you're going to talk to them about what their goals are and how to get there. You know, we have career maps in the military. We sit down with our subordinates and say, here's where you are. Here's where you need to be in the next two to four years. Now let's come up mm-hmm. with a plan to get there. It's a back and forth discussion because if you don't do that, if it's more you talking, here's how you what you need to do to get to that point. There's you lack the buy-in, but if you get them to walk into it and you set short-term goals so they can get easy wins along the route, right? I think I talked about before when you run, Mm -hmm. you say, "Well, I'm gonna go out here and run, and I'm gonna run two blocks, and I'm gonna run two blocks in this time," and then you do it, and then you say, "Okay, now I'm gonna do two more blocks, and I'm gonna beat that last time." And you're looking at your little, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever watch, and you're going, "Okay, boom, boom, boom." But your overall goal is to run four miles and PR that four-mile run. But you're doing it in increments. So win, win, win until you have your overall goal. Same thing with sitting down with your employee to develop this um, uh, roadmap. Give them little short nugget wins, like little short period things that lead Mm -hmm. to the bigger success, that leads to that you know, that private making it to specialist. How do you get there? What are some things you got to do? And that's what – really to me as soon as i read it i said this is developmental counseling that's all it is Uh, and then it it, also when you develop it like that and you give them the short you're developing an accountability because then 
if they don't meet one of those small goals, it's not the end of the whole goal. It's just a delay, but you're giving them some accountability of, oh man, I didn't do what I needed to do. I need to pick it up. And uh, that Mm -hmm. helps develop them and you're coaching and you're mentoring them to replace you, (laughs) which is a great thing. (laughs) No, absolutely. You know, I mean, professional jealousy, that gets you nowhere. Nowhere. Um, I would tell you. So if you take, let's just take organizations. uh, Let's just think a couple fast food organizations. Let's say like, let's just say Chick-fil-A. Let's talk McDonald's or, or Burger King or something, right? When you walk into those places, you can tell there's a different atmosphere. You can tell there's something different about the place. You can tell by looking at the place. You can tell by the presentation of the food you receive. You can tell by, you know, just, just in general, you can feel yeah. a difference, right? I've, I, I can't knock on wood. I, I don't think I've ever gone to a Chick-fil-A and been disappointed. I just don't think I have. Uh, I may have and just don't remember because it would be far and few between. But I can tell you right now, like I've almost crossed off uh, a Burger King, and I don't eat out. I don't eat out fast food much. I, I very seldom Doesn't do. Doesn't sound do it, like right? it. <laughs> yeah, we don't. But when I do, like I've I pretty much have crossed off Burger Kings just because every time I have a horrible experience. Um, and and it comes down to it. It comes down to the goals and roadmaps, right? So what does Chick Fil A do different than Burger King? Chick Fil A, they know their employees. This is not their final landing ground. This is not where they're going to work the rest of their life. They know that they have to achieve something higher. So they help them create goals, guide them through some type of performance process to get those kids to college, to get them in management positions, to get them to where they wanted to achieve more. They don't do that at Burger King. They don't do that at, at, at McDonald's really, right? That's very far and few between if they do. And if they do, then they must be some weird, just crazy off-brand. They must be the, probably the best organization in the world. Um, instead, they just use their people and send them on. Use their people and send them on. And that's why like, you can tell it. You can tell a difference, man. You can tell a difference in the age of people that are that's employed there. I mean, it's just it's a way different idea. And that's what you're doing. You're creating a roadmap for somebody. And if you do that, Hmm. Yeah, maybe that you may want that person to stay in your organization forever, but maybe that's not the place for them. So why not create a roadmap to help them along? You know, like the army, man. Yeah. Keep people in the army forever is not the best idea for some people. Some people need to go on and do bigger and better things or do something different. This is a good experience to learn and to great create. Like I would definitely say, Ed, that for my first six years, I went from, one thing to the to this other thing and i was a completely different individual after six years at 10 years i was even way different you know what i'm saying so like each time i mean just this whole building and the goals and all that so yeah man i think uh creating that type of that type of atmosphere that right there is the best way the best way to create coaching uh a coaching mentality yeah no i agree all right we are at our number 12, and we actually have gone over, but uh, when have we not? Uh, let's see yeah. here. We try. <laughs> so here's the last one uh, before we wrap up the show. Ask what you can do to help. Good coaches don't just throw their players into a competition and say, figure it out. I said this earlier, I think. Uh, they actively encourage their team and search for solutions to help athletes succeed. Let your employees know 
they can come to you with questions or concerns. Use one-on-ones to understand the challenges they are facing and build a plan together. You're there to help them, and they should feel comfortable asking for advice and or assistance. I love that. That (laughs) one-on-ones, challenges, and knowing that they can come to you for challenges. Uh, Who was it, Ed? Was it it Hal Moore that talks about um, when your soldiers stop coming to you? Yeah. Then you know you 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 stop learning and you yeah. stop engage being a leader and stuff. Uh, I think that's the same here. I think what Hal said is here. Uh, how can I help you? What what can I do to help this situation? Where's your problems that can help coach you or help you guide you through? Those are the questions that you can ask, man. What you got? So the here's my key to this whole thing. So this one is an extra another you know excellent example. Ask what you can do to help, but. You need to be genuine in your desire to help. So oftentimes Mm -hmm. uh, leaders will say, well, what can I do to help? But it's really just because that's the thing to say. Be there when somebody calls you and says, hey, I would like your help. Be genuine. It's a desire Mm -hmm. to help. You know, be there when they say that. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. You know. You know, we say it a lot. This is where I get this from is a lot of times, you know, you depart an organization and people will say, well, call me if you need anything. But do you mean mm-hmm. that? What if I call you and I say, hey, I have to fly into that base. You know, can I just crash at your house? It's only one day. I believe this has happened uh, to you and I together. Actually, when we went to Fort Leonard we had a meal, right? Didn't call yeah, and say, hey, I need awesome. help. I need a meal. We had a meal, but it's just, you know, be there and say, yes, that's no, no problem. Absolutely come. Don't be like, well, you know, I got my wife and. So if you're going to make an offer to help, stand by that offer. That's that's kind yep. of the bottom line. Good old Joe Leon. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I still got to beat him in fantasy football as well. Um, oh, my. <sighs> 70 yeah. points. Uh, uh, whatever. 70 points. Yeah. Uh, so I want to show this uh, this thing. I have it on my board. I actually had this. You may remember. I had this. Um, it was posted up on my desk. I keep it, and I, I keep posting it everywhere I go. Um. To me, I think this falls into the coaching, mentor, and training. And then when we do the wrap-up show where we're basically uh, – where we're kind of like bringing it all together and kind of explain it, I think this plays a big part in this. Uh, so I'll show it up on the thing. So right there. It's team, right? Take responsibility. Uh, encourage others. Ask for help or help others. And then mentor – your uh i'm sorry master your job <laughs> i'll explain i'll explain what that means when we get to that wrap-up show but i'm going to show that i'm going to show this every each one of these shows and that way people can kind of see what uh where we're going with this because okay. this this will play a big part once once you see where i'm going with it um other than that ed uh we learned how to coach today or we actually learned some steps on how to be effective coaching if there was somebody out there that needed coached through how they can contact us, find us, learn more about us, um, offer up advice, anything, you know, because obviously we need to receive advice. Can you coach them through this? I can, Brian. So you can reach out to us on our various forms of social media at one on one influence on Facebook, Instagram. You can also find Brian and myself, Ed, on the Twitter. 
Uh, you can shoot us some messages, join the closed Facebook group, answer a couple of little simple questions, and then you'll be admitted and then jump in and uh, have fun. Jump into the deep end right away, ask a question, make a comment, make a suggestion. We welcome all of that. And then also you can check out the Instinctive Influencers on YouTube. You can subscribe, give a big thumbs up, and then you can leave a comment. You can you know comment on, you can ask a question, you can ask Hey, Ed, what was the final score of your fantasy football game when you whooped Brian? Um, You know, you can ask any of those things. You can ask about any of my fantasy football stats from my four championship seasons. So, yeah, you can find us there on our YouTube page. (laughs) You're distracting me. I'm trying to do a job here. You can find us on our YouTube page. And uh, please, please interact, though, and and make some comments. Seriously, go ahead, drop drop in there, subscribe, thumbs up, drop a comment. What what would you like to Mm -hmm. see? Maybe we'll do a fantasy football influence show. That's all I got, Brian. Back to you. Hey, make sure you do that. You're going to see a little weird thing right up above me. It's going to be the whole subscribe, like, and all that stuff. Anyways, hey, man, uh, I think the entire conversation today was amazing. Everything except the whole part where, one, you talked bad about Bill Belichick. Okay, I don't like that. Um, And two... All this fantasy football thing that you're so great at. I, I'll i see you in the championship, my friend. That's what we're going to say. I'm just going to put it you down. You have there. to win a game to get to the championship. Uh, running. Uh, you Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, the dumpster fires are on the uh, dumpster fire express is on its way. It's coming for you, bro. <laughs> that's the name of my, that's the name of my team. If anybody's listening. Um, all right. Hey, it's, this is a great episode. Thank you. I yeah. can't wait to piece together the other two, Ed. Uh, let's let's just we'll leave it at that. Let our audience wait and see. Um, and then next episode, I'm going to talk about how we're tying in. We're going to tie in the, uh, the mentorship piece, but we're also going to... I'm going to talk about our previous two episodes before this one. The one, it was about followership and then also about community service and how that ties into all this, okay? Um, with that, Ed, I am Brian. And I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencer Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. We ask you to continue on your coaching journey. And Ed's reading. He's not really reading. He's acting like he's reading. Thank you much for listening. Have a great day. Be a legend. I'm Ed and you're not.